In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to become more valued than anything else in the world to your dog. Now, I think today's topic is one that probably, I I think we started talking about this pretty much, I I would say, right at the beginning of our journey, Tom, like when it became like the Tom and Lauren show, like a bit like the Tom and Jerry show, (laughs) maybe, but it kind of, it kind of, it was, it was a long time ago like we, yeah, this absolutely. was a topic that we've always had in our repertoires this was a topic that we've always talked about and yet i would say it's almost more relevant today than it ever was because people are understanding their dogs better yeah absolutely and so the question that you are going to answer today is is your dog a doer or a thinker and do you care because um, actually there is real value and um, benefit in both a thinker and a doer and to some extent for some situations we're going to want our dogs to be more thoughtful for other situations we're going to want our dogs to be less thoughtful and so what we want to do is we want to introduce you to what being a thinker is and what being a doer is so that you can identify where your dog is but we want you to understand that this is really a spectrum from extreme thinker to extreme doer and everything in between and you can move your dog up and down that spectrum as needed. Now, I would say if we were to look at a dog, let's give you a couple of case study dogs, really. I would say if you were to look at a dog like um, Bet, uh, for um, those of you that don't know Bet, she's a, um, a working type uh, border collie. Uh, she's cattle type, so mm-hmm. she likes to get a job done. Yeah. Uh, she goes in it about it, I suppose, in a very much way like she's gonna get there it's gonna happen it's gonna she's gonna get a job done yeah absolutely um she's very 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 much what i would call a typical doer Mm. in terms of what the sort of spectrum would would look at like she she likes to do she likes to get a job done she likes to get on with it 100 percent. and and the thing is about doers is in the way that they learn and the way that they do they prioritize things differently to a thinker so a doer prioritizes speed prioritizes intensity prioritizes you know repetitions prioritizes just getting it done they prioritize movement right whereas if we think about a thinker let's think about an example of a thinker who so should I'm we go thinking for? I mean these days I'd say mo- most of our, our dogs are actually pretty do you yeah. know what Tokyo would be considered I think a thinker at times I mean he's not now yeah, because we've already reshaped yeah a little bit of that so we've moved him towards the doer spectrum but he could definitely be thoughtful like he could definitely um think about what he's doing and and not necessarily immediately um in like a some setup training scenarios he could go into thoughtfulness i would say yeah and so 
The thing about a thinker is that they prioritize things differently when learning and doing. And so what a thinker would prioritize is they would prioritize accuracy, precision, understanding the rules and really understanding all the different rules of something and then adding the speed later. So at, at first they can look like they're maybe not that engaged. They maybe don't look as speedy as a doer would, but actually then as soon as they get everything figured out, they're like, okay, now I add the speed. I get this. You know what? I'm thinking of another um, another dog who was a complete and utter thinker was Style. Mm. So I remember Style, the first time I did agility with her, I, I remember thinking she was really quite steady. And she was really quite, I wouldn't go as far as saying slow, but she was quite steady. Um, and the more and more she became accomplished at it, and the more and more she felt confident in it, she just got faster and faster. Yeah. Whereas uh, the bet types, the they blink bring speed types. early and you're like, oh my gosh, accuracy, accuracy, yeah, like, please. Where put some in. on earth is the accuracy? <laughs> like literally, they're, they're intense, right? Yeah. And so um, the the thinker do a spectrum looks a little bit like this. And, and think... we should say very quickly, neither is wrong or right, no, right? Like, absolutely. And, and the other thing, just like Tom said, it's a sliding scale. So yeah. uh, well, it's, it's a scale that you can move. Absolutely. So you can move all the way along from one to the other. So yeah. we, and we have absolutely. And I think the big thing here, guys, is the only wrong element of this is when you don't realize that you have a doer or you don't realize that you have a thinker and you get frustrated. And the big thing here is so many people train, I'm not going to say wrong, it's the wrong word for it. They, they train, they don't train the dog in front of them in this scenario. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they maybe like my first dog, Poppy, she was such a doer. Mm -hmm. And then after that, when I had a couple of thinky types, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing with they're you? Broken. Now, yeah, what they're broken, the button's <laughs> gone wrong. And um, whereas now I think we just train what we see, yeah. right? Like um, no, it, you, it's important. And we know that it's fluid and we know that we can grow them whichever direction we want to take them. Some like some dogs like Blink and Bet, we've had to make them more thoughtful. And we've had to slow them down, right? Yeah. Like we absolutely had, there is no way Blink would be whizzing around the Crufts arena, winning Crufts mm. and being top of like um, the the game in like UK agility no and being able to, I don't know, um, go to world championships and be able to pull out clear after clear. Like those things don't happen when you're in just doer land yeah. because no. actually it sounds a bit like Nike, doesn't it? Just doer land. And <laughs> um, so we're in like just do land sometimes can create a lack of um, accuracy yeah. for sure. 100%. So to summarize what this, kind of spectrum looks like. At the extreme of one end, we have thinkers. What thinkers do is they're all about accuracy. They're all about the rules. They're, they're not about the speed. They're all about duration. They're all about stillness. And they will prioritize stillness and duration over movement and repetitions. Now, then if we go to the other end of the spectrum, we've got doers. Doers are always all about movement. They're all about intensity. Repetition is cool with a doer. Repetition like, is great. Repeat, repeat. I remember with Blink, I remember thinking, God, I've never trained any anything quite as as brilliant as as this for reps like mm. she'll just rep yeah the worry for a dog like blink is actually you could really break them yeah. because because if you're not mindful they would go till they dropped yeah absolutely and yet if you asked a thinker to do repetitions well a thinker would be like oh i must Why? have done something yeah. wrong i will try changing it and you, you'd be like no 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 just we, i just wanted the same thing again right um and the the thing about doers is they don't really um prioritize precision in their learning process they don't prioritize accuracy now First of all, guys, first step in all of this is where is your dog right now? Are they more of a thinker? Are they more of a doer? And you know, this is something that we'd really love to hear from you on. So if you want to leave like a, a review on iTunes and let us know if you've got a thinker or a doer or you want to drop us a message or a, an email, do so because we really love to hear about all of your dogs and where you're at right now.
So when you're looking at your dog and you're assessing exactly where they are, I was training a dog earlier, and this doesn't matter whether you're training agility, whether you're training obedience, whether you're training uh, pet life skills, this doesn't matter whether you're here or a music trainer. And I was training, um, I happened to be training jump tunnel work. And so as I asked my dog to do a little check turn on the, ju- on the, on the jump, he almost, I would say, overchecked. Like I asked him to turn tight and he turned really tight. And so like the precision was so mm-hmm. high there. Yeah. I then took him into straight line work mm-hmm. so that he didn't put in extra strides. Yeah. So my thought was, okay, I asked you to do a turn. You went and did like an A star turn and I would have given you like some distinction at, at degree mm-hmm. level if you were going through. Uh, and actually what I don't want to do is overdo this because what I've seen in dogs like that in agility is you do that and then they start to take strides, uh, extra strides when they're doing straight work because they're so waiting to hear a cue to say turn. Yeah. So then you lose your ground speed potentially with a dog like that. Now, I'm talking agility. What you've got to do is then relate that to what you do or what mm-hmm. you need because you'll see exactly the same thing. They almost are over-precise, mm-hmm. right? And then on the flip side, you might be training um, a doer and the sort of thing you might see is, um, and I'll give you an example of Easy. Easy would maybe take poles out. She would mm-hmm. maybe go past a jump because she's in such a hurry. She doesn't Bet, really Bet care about the gone. jump would go through the poles like literally that she would she would they, they would just bounce off it's like her. it's like some sort of i mean another example is bet walking with a couple of my dogs yeah. a, a few years back she just ran through yeah. them she's just like i'm like, going she's I'm a going. bulldozer I'm go- and yet, I'm doing. she's not a bad dog she's a really cool dog and yet she's just in a hurry right yeah. like she's she's got a job to do and it's only her that can do it and she has priorities on there she's yeah. gonna she's gonna do her job right absolutely. like it, it's the get on with the attitude so that they look very different right? absolutely and so once you've identified where you you are right now maybe you should kind of reflect a little bit on yourself and think you know what 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 am i am i a thinker am i a doer and what we see is when relationships work really well is when the dog the owners identified whether the dog's a thinker or a doer and identi- and then adapting what they do to suit that type of learning and therefore you get rid of the frustration when a thinker's not being speedy or you get rid of the the frustration when a doer's not being precise and you actively set up the situation and play the games in such a way that we move them towards a world where where they're more successful in that situation so i guess you know from our point of view we'll share with you I think you can probably guess we're very much doers we kind of like to no. add in the speed we like to not have too many rules we're definitely not overthinkers we're not people who really overthink we make decisions very quickly mm-hmm. we get on with it yeah. right and so what we're aware of is that actually it really suits us to have our dogs being a little bit more towards being doers rather than thinkers because um, that's going to mean that we're, we're kind of working much more as a team there and so what we do is we all of well to be honest if I think about like um, for example um, we have classic Tokyo lava style these are all dogs that when we first came across them and they first met us they were very thoughtful like right? i definitely remember we were training um one of your poodles tom mm-hmm. um, i think it was lava yeah and um i remember thinking gosh she's very steady for tom yeah. like she's very steady and and straight away we had a bit of a, a like a chat about it and we were like right what are we going to do to to move this on and it was movement behaviors it was like yeah. coming up with a strategy yeah. to turn her from the thinky place she was to, to being... what you really love to work with yeah. because we knew that would also bring out her best self absolutely and so the cool thing is is once you've identified where your dog's at and kind of where you want to grow them to there's stuff that you can do as lauren says and so um what we'll do is we'll go through some strategies of how you can move your dog more to be, towards being a thinker and how you can move your dog more towards being a doer. So 
let's let's start with how you um take your dog i mean i i've done lots i think um with both but my favorite would be thinkers to doers because mm. that's the area i always want to grow so it would be um less static behaviors yeah. let's go for movement no duration and let's go for minimum precision let's yeah. go for actually whatever they throw us let's um, forget the rules let's get rid of any rules and let's go for a lot of like shaping and options yeah. and when i say shaping i mean capturing anything brilliant mm, from yeah. them and getting them to experiment so getting our dogs to experiment 100 percent. and it might be then that we think about the behaviors that we teach them or the games that we teach them so it might be left spin right spin middle but the middle is not we're not going to keep them in middle we're then going to throw a piece of food out so that we don't get any static in there either we might do thunder tornado typhoon and if you're thinking what on earth are these games and how can i learn more about the games that we talk about in the podcast well probably one of the best kind of resources that we've put together over the past couple of years it's quite new to um the game changer world is the there's a game for that recipe book and in that recipe book it's literally a recipe book of games where it teaches you how to identify where your dog is at right now based on the struggles that you're having where you want to grow them to and then tells you the step-by-step of games of how to get yourself there so if you want to grab a copy of the there's a game for that recipe book all you've got to do is go to absolute-dogs.com and you will find it in the store section and you can grab yourself a copy i think the other thing with thinkers to do is would be grow confidence Mm -hmm. at every angle because ultimately you want want them as confident as possible yeah. so they are less again less thinky more dewy yeah. um, so giving them tasks that they can just get on and do as well and um, things like noise box limit hesitation like, yeah, right? limit any sort of real thoughtfulness so throwing their feet on things mm-hmm. getting involved in stuff and and for me um, things like I mean we, we play a few games like shaping uh, dogs to knock bottles over mm-hmm. we call it knock them over mm-hmm. um, but that type of thing where they start throwing their feet around like think movement yeah. think animation think energy I've got a great example of it because I've been working with a, a young dog um, over the past um, few days and I realized that um, you know this dog she likes her crate but she doesn't understand that she needs to get in the crate by herself and so you know she's getting to the she's getting to a size where I'm like actually you know what I can't pick her up and put her in the crate so she needs to learn to go in there so it's like I need to teach her a crate behavior now she's currently a bit of a thinker and I want to grow the doing so I I know my outcome, but my approach is going to be different because I want to grow her being a doer. So what I could do is kind of stand there and reward little approximations of of her her doing a step. And because she's a thinker, there'll be a lot of her staring at me and maybe sitting and maybe like tilting her head like, "Hmm, what does this guy want? Well, they'll sit back and scratch, right? And they'll have that, "Mm, what's this all about? I'm going to really think on this one because I don't know what my owner wants here. Um, And so actually I changed that and I was like, right, I'm going to hold on to her harness. I'm going to throw a piece of food in there and I'm going to race her into the crate. So hold on to the harness, restrain her, throw a piece of food in there. She, I let go of the harness. She darts into that crate. And when she darts into that crate to get a piece of food, I'm like, yeah, nicely done. Feed, feed, feed. Out you come. I don't leave her in there long. I'm not doing a lot of duration. Throw a piece of food out. Restrain again. Throw a piece of food into the crate. She darts into the crate. Feed, feed, feed. And, and she's out again. very different to how we might teach a dog like Blink or a dog like mm. Bet, who actually we would have, and we'll go through that with you in a minute, we'd have a completely different strategy. Yeah. What Tom's chosen there is a strategy that suits the poodle puppy. Actually, you've got to look at the individual. And I think this is really important. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is, is the outcome is the same. You know your outcome, but you need to be flexible in your approach to that outcome based on the dog that you're working with. So now let's um, think about how we would take a doer and grow them into being more of a thinker and make them more 
thoughtful. So straight away, um, again, uh, looking at dogs like Bet and Blink, it would be like teach um, teach calmness, yeah. teach um, lots teach of slow delivery right? uh, of reinforcers, mm. teach um, many different varieties of slow delivery, mm. uh, teach teach yeah duration, teach mm. um, sitting on a boundary, uh, boundary mm. games to the nth degree, um, stillness in their movements. So we're not looking for for lots of um, movement. We're actually yeah. thinking downs and staying down mm. uh, in that duration, and then also actively uh, calming ourselves down when we're working with them. I think yeah. that's something we have to do. We have to slow ourselves down. You have to become down. less animated, right? You, you have to, in yourself, become a thinker. And, and you can put more rules in here. You can put way more precision. So like Blink, I'm looking at actually subtle shoulder movements or yeah. I'm looking at, is she twitching her leg or mm -hmm. I'm watching things. So I can put in loads of precision. I can put in, I can put in quite a lot of control. Same with Bet. We can put in a huge amount of control when we're working through games for the lives or yeah. anything else that we're doing. We can put in a lot of control. Yeah, because rules are going to promote that thoughtfulness, right? And, and then even down to the behaviors that we might teach. So remember, we talked about if we're building a doer, then it's going to be left spins, right spins, quick release, middles, movement-based behaviors. And if we do teach them like a sit down or a stand, well, we focus on the transitions from sit down, stand, sit down, stand, down, stand. Um, whereas with if we're growing a doer to a thinker, well, we're probably going to go for a put your paw in my hand, do a paw target, do a nose target to my hand, maybe do a chin target, maybe put one foot up onto an object, not two feet up onto an object. Maybe if we're teaching a sit down stand, well, I'm going to add in duration early and I'm going to reward lots for just staying in position. Then I might ask for a the next behavior of maybe a down, but I'm not going to reward that transition to a down. Instead, I'm going to take a breath and then I'm going to feed the down and feed the duration element of that behavior and and that grows a thinker and i think the thing is the more that you start to become aware of this the more that you'll realize sometimes you aren't doing what you really want to be doing or You're what you should be doing right? like, yeah i wasn't being intentional at all with blink i was actually letting blink drive the learning in the direction that blink likes mm. which is doing mm. so i ended up with this dog who wasn't always able to um operate where i needed her to because she was pushing so hard in one direction so so yeah it does allow you to start to be more intentional with yeah. your training session so it all starts with first Firstly, realizing where your dog's at. Secondly, realizing where you're at and what you like to train. Then now that we've identified the gap, we've got the strategies to move them up or down the spectrum. And, and don't think for a minute that Tom and I, um, when we're looking at ourselves as trainers, don't enjoy the doing most. Oh, yeah. Like I think we naturally always gravitate towards the doing. Mm. But if you were um, working with dogs like Bet or Blink and you were a pure doer and you weren't like slowing mm. yourself down to just be a bit more precise with You'd them. You'd blow that brain. And, and you would literally <laughs> not really get anywhere. Yeah, like no, you, you, you wouldn't get the desire outcome at all there would be no there would be totally I mean, a good example of that is bet the other day just running on the moors right like yeah. she skins her pads within like yeah. two minutes of being there if yeah. you're not thoughtful about it yeah. so you do have to you be have quite to be intentional about what you're doing with really them. you have to know where you're at and know where you want to go and know how to you know with every interaction you're growing and the, topping that yeah, up yeah and, and these are we're talking like with the doers sometimes intense dogs yeah. like, and i think it's important that you go okay this is what i need to do because we're very mm. now intentional understanding what we have in front of us mm, absolutely so with that guys as always 
you can be in a very different place three weeks from now and you've identified where you want to be. So all you've got to do is go out there and play some games, be a doer yourself to potentially move towards being a thinker, which is a bit confusing. But anyway, um, so with that, guys, that was this episode of um, the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. We really dived into what it means to be a thinker and a doer and how you can, it's totally, totally in your hands. So we'll see you next week in the podcast. And as always, remember... Stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy. 